Perhaps men will think twice before they try to kill you, if they know you represent the law. Yes, maybe so, Dawson replied, knowing better but not wanting to go into it right then. So, at the end of three months, he'd stepped forward before a circuit judge who presided over such matters, sworn an oath with his right hand on the judge's battered, leather-bound Bible, and accepted the tin badge that the town blacksmith, Lou Pryor, had fashioned out of the top of a tin can. Pinning the shiny new badge onto Dawson's chest, Judge Addison Moore had cursed and said in a lowered tone of voice, Damned if he didn't spell sheriff wrong. He started to remove the badge, but Dawson stopped him. Dawson, you can't wear this. I'll take it and have Lou correct it, the judge growled under his breath, trying to keep the spelling error between the two of them. Let's get on with it, Your Honor. I'll have it fixed later, Dawson replied in the same lowered tone. It's not dignified, the judge protested. He started to grasp the badge again, but Dawson closed his hand over the judge's fingers, firm enough to make his point. Dignified or not, Your Honor, if we put this off another minute, I'm apt to back out altogether. Three weeks later, that ceremony is what came to Sheriff Creighton Dawson's mind as he stood in the dirt street, a curl of gray gun smoke rising from the barrel of his big single-action forty-five caliber Colt. Deputy, Dawson said quietly, the sound of both his gunshot and the gunshot from Teddy Bryce's pistol ringing inside his head. Watch the windows. He had another hard case named Tony Weaver riding with him. I've got you covered, Sheriff, said Hooney Carter, his voice sounding a bit shaky but under control. Twenty yards away, Carter had left a young gunman named Jimmy Shags, lying knocked cold at the edge of a boardwalk. Now Carter waved a double-barreled ten-gauge back and forth slowly along the roof line, the windows, the shadowed doorways along the boardwalk. I know all about Tony Weaver, Carter called out. He'd raised his voice deliberately, making sure Weaver would hear him, should the gunman be listening. I wish that son bitch would show his face here about now. I'd like to count how many nail heads this scattergun can put into his chest. Upon hearing the deputy's threats, townsfolk who had started to venture out of stores and offices stopped in their tracks and stepped cautiously back inside their sanctuaries. "'That's right, all you folks,' said Hooney Carter. "'Everybody sit tight till the sheriff says otherwise.' Both sheriff and deputy stood in silence for a moment until, as if on cue, the sound of pounding hooves arose from deep within an alley, alongside the town mercantile store, and beat a hasty path of retreat toward the distant hill line." A moment later, the two lawmen watched Tony Weaver grow smaller and smaller at the head of a rising trail of dust. Only then did Dawson let out a tight breath, drop the spent cartridge from his colt, and replace it with a fresh one. "'Looks like that's it, Sheriff,' the deputy said. 
for some reason still scanning the rooftops. Yes, for now, said Dawson. He stepped forward and stopped a few feet from Teddy Bryce, lying dead on the ground. He stooped, picked up the dead gunman's pistol, which had fallen to the dirt, and shoved it down behind his gun belt. Behind him, Hooney Carter had hurried over, jerked Jimmy Shags to his feet, and shoved him forward with the tip of the shotgun. Shags staggered forward like a drunkard and fell at Dawson's feet. Rolling his dazed eyes upward at Dawson, Shags said in defiance, Go on and shoot me. I ain't telling you a goddamned thing. I didn't ask you anything, Dawson replied. About what? Shags asked, seeming puzzled and still not fully alert. Dawson and his deputy gave each other a look. Why did you come here backing a snake like Bryce against the sheriff, Shags? Carter asked, reaching down and poking him roughly with his shotgun barrel. Take it easy, deputy, Dawson said, seeing that Carter had gotten a bit carried away with himself. Yeah, deputy, Shags repeated. Take it easy. I never done anything anyway. His hand cupped the long, swollen welt along the side of his head. You tried to kill this man, you son of a bitch, said Carter, holding himself back from poking Shags again. We'd be within our rights to blow your damned empty head off. Wouldn't we, Sheriff? I wouldn't go that far, Deputy, said Dawson, concerned with what agreeing with Carter might bring about. But you've sure bought yourself a year or two in prison if I decide to press charges against you. That wouldn't be very sporting of you, Sheriff, said Shags. Not to mention how it would look. A big-name gunman like yourself taking up a grudge over something like this. Dawson reached down and dragged Jimmy Shags to his feet. This is no sporting event, Shags, he said harshly, shaking the still-dazed gunman. That's what I want idiots like you, Weaver and Bryce, to get through your thick skulls. I'm no big-name gunman, and coming here wanting to kill me is not a damn sporting event. He shook Shags harder. Do you think you can remember that after a few weeks in jail? He gave Shags a shove toward the jail. Or should I turn this into a couple of years of prison time? Let you break rock until you start to understand. Staggering forward, Shags looked over his shoulder, still cupping the welt alongside his head. No call to get upset about it, Sheriff. I'm just exercising my freedom to speak as I damned well please. That's it. I'm cracking his skull, said Hooney Carter, stepping closer and drawing back the butt of his shotgun. Hold it, deputy, Dawson shouted, stepping in between the two. Shags cowered behind Dawson and threw his arms up to protect his already sore and swollen head. He's crazy, Sheriff. Look at him. He's the one ought to be behind bars. Look what he did to me, and I didn't do a damn thing. Keep moving, Shags, said Dawson, giving him another shove. To Carter, he said, Deputy, go round up a couple of men to help you get Bryce's body out of the street. 
take him to the barber for some undertaking. Get Jessup Stinnett to take a photograph or two so we can send them around. See if he's wanted anywhere else in Texas. Will I get part of any bounty, if there is any? Carter asked shamelessly. You won't be overlooked, said Dawson. Now hurry up so we can get on Weaver's trail. He's as guilty as Shag's. All right, Carter grinned. His grin went away quickly as he frowned and jerked his head toward Jimmy Shag's. What about him? Hooney Carter asked, glaring hard at Shag's. What if he makes a break for it before I get back? I've got him under control, deputy, Dawson said firmly. Not one damned thing did I do, Shag said, still chastising the deputy for knocking him cold. I hadn't broken no damn law or nothing else. You're a lying son of a bitch, shouted Carter, after turning away. He stopped and pointed a finger back toward Shag's. You came here to help kill our sheriff. I never fired a shot, Shag's protested. You can't arrest a man for doing nothing. You've got to have some kind of charge against him. We'll charge you with intent, Shags, said Dawson, walking along behind him, nodding the deputy away toward the body in the street. Carter left grumbling under his breath. Intent? Shags gave Dawson a look of disbelief. How can you arrest a man just because he might have been intending to do something. I never got a chance to show what I intended to do. I know, said Dawson.